Welcome to Conversations with the Card Reader, the official podcast for the House of Divina. I'm so glad you're here. Grab your favorite beverage and take a seat. Let me talk with you for a while. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Conversations with the Card Reader, the official podcast for the House of Divina. Today, we have a special guest who is returning. You may have uh, listened to his episode called Spiritual Spring Cleaning. It was uh, the final episode of season one here. We are now in uh, season two. So we have author, exorcist, energy cleanser. Uh, your your titles um, are so varied. Uh, adept at the... Um, golden Dawn to lead you. <laughs> yeah, the Golden Dawn. Uh, you are a hypnotist, uh, past life regressionist, and a geomancer as well, among other things. Yes, that's correct. All right. So everybody, uh, please welcome back our friend and special guest of uh, the House of Divina, Conversations with the Card Reader, Phil Mendoza. Uh, so at the last, um, I I remember doing an episode where we were talking about you uh, preparing for this most recent work, which is a book that you have out. So um, why don't you talk to uh, the audience here at the House of Divina and Conversations with a Card Reader. Talk to us a little bit about um, your book. What What's the title of your book? Uh, the book is called They Devour in Silence. Okay. And um, where can people find this book? Uh, the book can be readily available at Amazon.com. All right. So uh, for those of you who are um, Amazon shoppers, you can purchase it online. It's free shipping if you are a Prime member. Uh, for those of you who are in different countries, you can also get it through Amazon Prime. If you're having trouble uh, finding it on your Amazon Prime based on your country, you can just go to my website, uh, thehouseofdivina.com, and right at the top of um, that screen on the, the bar, you will see an announcement for Phil's book. If you click there, it'll take you right to the purchasing link. Now, I don't get any money from this. This is not, um, I'm not an affiliate marketer or anything, but as a guest for the House of Divina and uh, for conversations with the card reader, we just wanted to make this an easy transaction for people. I do uh, recognize that here on this podcast, we have people listening from all different countries. Uh, so thank you, you all, for listening. I'll do a shout out based on the country laters. Uh, but uh, yeah, so let's let's continue this conversation. So you have this new book. It's called uh, They Devour in Silence. And then the, the tagline for the book, can you tell me what that says? It's... Uh, Tales from an Exorcist in Chicago. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I don't think I've ever heard of an exorcist in Chicago. So this is this is going to be good. Um, for those of you who have not yet purchased this book, I purchased it. I got it Sunday. It's today is Monday. Uh, I finished the book. So it is quite the page turner. Um, so why? What made you decide to write this book? Well, uh, first of all, thank you, Tony, for having me here as a guest today at the House of Davina. Sure, you're welcome. When I was a child and I was growing up on the south side of Chicago, um, we had a smaller home. Mm -hmm. There was seven kids and two mm -hmm. adults, and I had a bedroom on the second floor. Yeah. And unfortunately, the bees started 
getting into the walls. And, bees? Yeah, Bumblebees. Yeah, just, just regular bees looking for a place to nest and hive. Yeah. So I had explained some of my concerns to my to my dad about it. And at the time, um, the only option was to basically board them up temporarily. Okay. Until more resources came in to put in proper windows and, and fix the walls. It would be a, a major rehab at that point in time. Okay. And so it was really dark in the actual room. And one night while I was trying to fall asleep, I felt like someone else was there. And I noticed this Renaissance dress styled man with this light blue aura in the corner of the bedroom staring at me. And I thought I was oh, dreaming. Yeah. So I did what kids do. You pinch yourself, you kind uh -huh. of uh, tug on your actual ear and you're like, right. oh, he's still there. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And right. and what's, what's, what is going on here? Yeah. And so like most kids do, I pulled the covers up over my head and Heck occasionally yeah. I would glance and look and he'd be there. And then after period of time passed he he wasn't there anymore okay. okay and so i started getting dragged out of bed at night across what? the floor into the closet okay and i would have broken fingernails and <gasps> bloody fingers from you're trying to hold on to the carpet because what yeah. happens is terrifying you don't you don't know what's what's going on and and part of that is not having the actual memories of what transpired you just woke up and you were outside of your bed mm -hmm. and you were a little bit discombobulated yeah so at that time i had made the mistake of telling your family and your friends about what's going on and try to figure it out because a lot of people they didn't believe you didn't know what to do with it pass yeah. it off as bad dreams night terrors this that the other thing mm -hmm. but i knew what was happening on a consistent basis at the time i didn't know how to stop it Right. So being raised in a Christian household, I do I did what I thought was the next um, move, okay. and that was to go to every parish and every church that was in our neighborhood, including the ones that we had gone to for years, yeah. and try to sit down and explain, hey, this is what's happened to me. What do I do? What yeah. does this mean? How do we get it to stop? Yeah. And there wasn't any real answers from anybody as to how to get this to stop. Okay. Nobody knew what to do. Mm -hmm. And so I made it a point not to sleep in that bedroom as often as possible. Okay. And the first chance that I got to move out, I was all over it. So it seemed like the perfect thing to do was just to move out and get on with my life. So how you you say move out, how old were you when this started? I'd say I was around 13. 13. Okay. Once this had started. And by the time I'd left the house, I was 17. Okay. So I'd moved out and um, had gotten an apartment with a friend of mine uh -huh. in Melrose Park. It was the top of a three flat. There's mm -hmm. three bedrooms, two bathrooms, two single guys. It seemed it was clean and we could afford the, the rent. So it seemed like a perfect deal. Yeah, makes sense. And one night um, I was dating a young woman at that period of time. And she had spent the night, we'd had a lot of late nights with friends carrying on and oh, such yeah. at, at that age. And um, I woke up and she was crying hysterically. Okay. And I was like, hey, hey, you know, what's going on? Why are you crying? Yeah. Um, did I hit you in my sleep? Did, you know. Yeah. And when I finally got her to actually vocalize what was going on, she said, all she could say was, he's here, he's here. 
Okay. And I was like, who's here? I'm like, what the hell's going on? Right, right. And she finally divulged that I was sitting on the edge of the bed talking to to the closed bedroom door. Uh-huh. And she was like, hey, Phil, you're sleeping. You need to lay back down. Or you're talking in your sleep. Uh-huh. You need to lay back down. And she said, when I touched your shoulder, that's when the figure that you had described to me from your childhood experiences stepped through the door full figure. Oh, my goodness. And that threw her into a complete terror. I imagine so. Understandably. And that also threw me into a complete terror that not only was this back, but now that there's some kind of subliminal subliminal communication that's taking place that I'm not aware of. Right. So what is this entity? What does it want with me? Right, right. Uh, how much of an influence is it having on my life? And since it's communicating with me in a subconscious level, yeah. it was extremely terrifying and extremely bothersome. Yeah. And so I started to look at alternative religions, ideas, books. And, and you did that because the Catholic Church or the Christian Church wasn't able to help you when you were a kid. I had never gotten any help from them, un- okay. unfortunately. I would like to say otherwise, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so my faith was severely deteriorated at that point. And I'm like, if you can't help me, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Where, where am I supposed to go? So I... A little bit, a couple of years later, I was able to get into an actual Wiccan coven and got to learn about some of these different things that are okay. outside of the normal realm of experience and definitely not talked about in, in church. Right. And what I found was a community that was very understanding, very accepting, yeah. and not full of all these different horrible and nasty lies that I've been told growing up, you know, that... A, you're going to burn in hell. And these are evil people. They're going to abduct you, um, turn you out. You know, you have all these different things you hear. And it's like, oh, you know, you, you aren't sure what these other people are oh, yeah. about. But they're normal, everyday working people right. that simply follow the wheel of the year. A mm-hmm. goddess and a god. It's um, a very balanced system. Mm-hmm. And a lot of fun. And I got to learn <laughs> a tremendous deal about magic and how to protect yourself which is important which is extremely important and um those activities ceased oh wow okay and so after all of those experiences uh horrifying experiences at such a young age and then um not finding help in the christian church and from family and friends you then found a new community through the Wiccan or a pagan community. Yes. And then that started the the journey of um, experiencing spirituality different. Absolutely. And then you were able to get some help. And so that was then. And now today, mm-hmm. years later, you're now an adept. So, so what made you finally decide to write this book well it was it was really interesting because once i'd gotten into the golden dawn collegium um i got contacted by a friend okay and she's explaining some things that were going on in her house about seeing shadows the drapes pinning her down in her bed oh wow um and some other things that were just 
sounded terrifying, and I had known her for quite some time. And I could not make sense of it because I said, well, what's you and your mom have lived in the home for eight or nine years. Mm -hmm. What's changed? Uh, did you bring something in from an antique place? Did right. somebody come there? I was just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And at that point in time, uh, some of the mentors there in, in the Golden Dawn group were like, you just go there and do these prayers, do the banishings like you've been taught to do, and you go and you kick ass. Right. Yeah. And take care of it and, mm -hmm. and move on. Okay. That's it. All right. So I was like, all right. Um, it sounded a little bit daunting. and I, I was nervous. Yeah. Well. And uh, frightened by that prospect. I'm like, to hell with it. Uh, I'm going to do what I can to help her and her family out. Yeah. And so um, me and my friend tried to collaborate several dates, and she kept it kept getting put off. Okay. I said, listen, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And so uh, one night she called me at about 4.30 in, in the in the morning. And her boyfriend, who's probably about 6'3 and about 220 pounds at the time. Mm -hmm. And she was rather small in stature, probably about 5 feet tall and 100 pounds. Mm -hmm. And something had a hold of him on the bed, was turning him side by side from one side of the of the bed to the other. Oh my goodness. And his head was moving, getting the, the most movement. Like it just had a hold him by the head and you turn the head and the body follows. Right. right. Yeah. And so she jumped on top to try to hold his head still because uh -huh, she uh -huh. didn't want his neck to get broken. Yeah. Yeah. But from his perspective, he's like, get off of me. You know, are you crazy? What are you doing? And she's like, there's no way I can be turning you. I'm trying to hold you still. Yeah. And so she panicked and then she called and relented and say, let's, I'm going to get my mom out of the house for a couple hours for a spa night, and you can come over and do whatever it is that you have to do. Yeah. So I gathered everything up. I meditated, prayed, got my strength going mm -hmm, to feel mm -hmm. to feel good, made sure I had my incense, holy waters, prayers, and everything, and I felt uh, I felt pretty good about things. Yeah. And so I got there. They had, they had left, and I started working my way through the house, doing a series of banishings, a series of prayers. I got the frankincense swinging. Uh -huh. I got the holy water going, and I'm like, all right, this isn't so bad. Yeah. And when I got into the dining room, it was like, bam, like being hit in the chest with a sledgehammer. Everything nice. flew out of my hands. I went right over on the floor, and it was, I had, I couldn't breathe it was like getting the wind knocked out of you oh my gosh and all i heard in my head was get up get up get up get up if you don't get up it's going to kill you you have to get up get up now so i was like sucking it up to breathe right, right. trying to gather my things yeah and i ended up i ended up finishing everything um and i didn't realize it that that had broke my sternum at that time oh my goodness and i finished the banishing and i'm like all right i think that went well and i it made sense afterwards because I noticed that there was a stairwell to the second floor and a, a garage that was recessed behind the property. Uh -huh. And when I told her about everything that it, that happened, I'm like, where does that other door go? Because I had never been in that part of the house. There's no reason for me to be there. Yeah. And sense. the landlord rented out the upstairs floor to people that were in 
AA or NA or transients that were looking for a place to stay, rooms to rent by the week. Okay. Or by the evening even. Okay. And so that's when I found out that there were several guests there that had overdosed and had committed suicide. And some of these different things that brought that negative energy into the home space. Um, and when I had gone to my physician, because I couldn't sleep on my left side, there's a, even to this day, there's a heavy knock. Uh-huh. He's like, what the hell happened to you? Were you in a bad car accident? And at that point, I simply paused because I knew I couldn't tell him what I wanted to tell him. Okay. And so I simply said I didn't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. He had mentioned some fusion options and surgery, and I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go through that route either, so I just simply let that stand. Wow! All right. So, well, for those of you who are listening, I just need to recap for my own understanding. Mm-hmm. So, you go into this house to help a friend. This, yes. this is your very first attempt at an ex- <laughs> at like energy cleansing and yes. exorcism, <laughs> right? And so you go in hyped up on the instructions of this uh, this these teachers, and uh, they give you the the mechanical tools, right? The stuff, right? You yes. you've got all the tools. You've got your frankincense and your holy water, and you think you've got your energy where it needs to go. You're armored up with prayer and meditation. You're ready. Yes. Right. Yeah. Full armor of God. Mm-hmm. And then you go in and you get the wind knocked out of you. Yes. So they fail to tell you that they fight back. I, it was news to me. I didn't know that they fight back. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that that was even possible. Okay. To get hurt at that level. Right. I did not think that that was, that was possible. And uh, I learned from then on to... Be a, a lot more cautious, get, a, you know, just try to understand every detail, no matter how, how minute or um, unnecessary that they might seem because it's hidden there in the, in the details. Yeah. yeah. And you need to, you need to have actual guardians, whether they're angels, call them in to protect you, help you. Uh-huh. You need a good, solid team to help you if you're going to work solo so you need more than holy water and frankincense yeah and a good a good feeling about it (laughs) you need some strong allies and you need those relationships to be sound Uh um yeah that's kind of how things got started and then after it's really funny because after that Mm -hmm. one case the word got out and the next thing you know people started calling Okay, so um, it must have worked then. It, 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 it was very successful. They've gone on to live happy lives. They moved out of the house, I think, two years later without any incident or any other issues. Okay, all right. And since then, they haven't had any problems. Okay. But the calls started coming in, and I'm like, how is this possible from one one <laughs> working that these people are reaching out and word spread like wildfire? Wow, wow. So um, we'll talk about that, the referrals, but it sounds to me like there is a physical risk to you for doing this work. There's a a physical work and there's a mental uh, risk that's involved because as soon as you take that initial phone call, 
or that email and you read it, uh-huh. they're aware that you know. Okay. They all talk just like we all talk. Yeah. And so they're like, well, we're going to get the jump on this. So the first thing to do to, to begin breaking someone's energy um, barriers down and their aura uh-huh. is to inhibit their sleep patterns. Oh. Because okay. once somebody's not sleeping correctly, they're not feeling right, mm-hmm. and then it's easy just to start piling in negativity, okay. right? We all know how we feel when hey, have you, you've had a, a sleepless night yeah. and you have a 10-hour workday ahead of you. That's true. That's a big challenge. It is. Now when you do that for a couple weeks, yeah, that's an entirely different picture that's being painted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... You know, I when you say that, now I'm thinking, I remember when you were here the first time, mm-hmm. you mentioned that the Catholic Church um, gets over 600,000 uh, requests for exorcism a year, and that um, not every priest uh, or clergy person in the, um, in the Catholic Church is willing to, um, to take on the responsibility of an exorcism, and Based on what you're telling me right now, I have to imagine that the potential for physical violence um, from these entities could be a reason for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Not only that, there's, I mean, not every call that comes in is some kind of demonic entity. Okay. A lot of cases primarily are from wayward spirits, and those are spirits that have, trans. their physical bodies has transitioned in the stage of death okay but their spirit is still here okay they don't want to cross over oh, and if okay. they were nasty in life mm-hmm. they're even just as nasty in death okay and i kind of linked them to like going on a walk or a jog around your neighborhood and some stray dog randomly coming and attacking you oh. just like that interesting and okay. you don't know why they came where they came from or what they want, but you know that they're there to, to harm you pretty yeah. quickly. Wow. So they do have that ability to wreak havoc in your life, and you have to be prepared to see it through to the end. Wow. Okay. So going through all of this made you decide, hey, I need to, to write this book. The primary focus of this book is to create awareness Okay. because so many people feel ashamed. They feel confused. They don't know where to go. Ashamed of? Of their experiences because it's not something that society readily accepts. If a co-worker comes into work and tells you that they were sleeping and then something was growling in their face Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night and Mm -hmm. scared them. Mm Mm-hmm. You would be like, okay, sounds like you had a bad dream. Okay. But what happens when it's two and three nights in, 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 in a row? Yeah. What happens when that escalates to marks on the physical body? Right. And now your coworkers are like, well, it seems like you're having bad dreams or maybe it's just stress, but now it's gone up to the next level. Mm-hmm. And if it's not well received, then they're going to go silent. and. Okay. Some people because they're feeling like people don't believe them. Sure, and are, they're are probably questioning their own. People aren't sure what what to do or where to get them proper guidance. Yeah. So yeah. whether people find my services or somebody else's, uh-huh. I hope that they get support. Okay. And I hope that they that they move on because yeah. some people they leave everything in their house behind. 
Have you ever met anybody who's uh, done that? Left yes. everything in their house behind? Everything behind. Okay. Your lockbox or your personal papers and, mm-hmm. and your things that you need in society, your social security card, birth certificate. Yeah. And they've left it all behind. They just took their social security card and the clothes and the birth certificate on their on, and the clothes on their back and left. And they're out. They're out. I can understand if, if you're going through something like that, it would make you want to especially especially once your children are getting harmed physically okay. your pets mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and pets are, are they're all too easy of a target for them yeah because they see everything in true perspective right. pets aren't worried about bills or tomorrow or any of that stuff or 401ks right. they're in the in the moment yeah so they see them and they're an easy uh, scapegoats for them to lash out and to take their energy hurt them you know, and it gets to be really ugly. Wow. All right. So you mentioned children mm-hmm. and pets. Um, the people, I, it sounds like, I, I think about like why you wrote this book, but then I think about like, who was this book written for? If, if that's even such a thing, if there's even such a thing as a, a market, you talked about kids, animals, mm-hmm. yeah, or, or pets, or fur babies, um, people. I mean, it started happening to you at thirteen. Um, so, is is there a market who could who could benefit from this book? I know you said you wrote it because you wanted to. Certainly, anybody that's ever experienced anything paranormal, other no, or that knows somebody who has, yeah, and that hopefully they can find guidance. And comfort knowing that they're not crazy because most people are very reluctant to even tell me their their stories because they know how it sounds. I'm on their side. I'm trying to help you. And don't get me wrong. There are there are plenty of times where you come across people that have other mental health issues, Mm -hmm. addiction issues. Yeah, there's a lot of other things going on, and they're not related to supernatural experience paranormal ghosts however you want to call it yeah to that whatsoever yeah and you have to carefully guide them mm-hmm. to mental health professionals that are within their vicinity government programs yeah. whatever their financial resources um, are like it doesn't matter you still have to side by them and you have to honor what they're going through and not yeah. just be like okay it's not that you have, you still have to do your best effort to find them okay. proper help. Well, I think that's key. Um, what you said, understanding that very much like the Catholic church makes you go through this series of, of different tests to, um, to kind of weed out uh, other things before they consider the paranormal. It sounds like you do that with people who contact you as well. Right. So, um, so every everything is not something lurking in the shadows, and I think that's important for the guests of the House of Divina, um, and those who are listening to this on conversations with a card reader, to know that when they contact you, what can they expect? What happens uh, when when they contact you? And and just so that you all know, if you do want to contact Phil, um, his information is on my website, thehouseofdivina.com. And I've actually put a temper, uh, there's a, there's a page for him. You can go to that website and just um, do, go to the drop down menu and you'll see Phil and you can go to 
his page where you'll be able to listen to this podcast there as well as the other one, uh, Spiritual Spring Cleaning. But there is a link there for you to be able to reach out to him uh, by way of email. And when you open up, when you click on that link, there are going to be some questions in there uh, for you to answer. And, um, and then just hit send and then he'll follow up with you. But tell uh, the people here what happens once you get that email. Um, what can they expect? A good, solid interview to, okay. un- to understand as much as possible yeah. about what they're experiencing, when it started, why it started, if they've got new things in the house, if there's old antiques that they've brought into the house, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. any form of abuse that they've suffered. Yeah. Because sometimes those also create an egregore of their own if they haven't been worked through and processed properly. Yeah. That negativity is still there. It's mm-hmm. still painful. Mm-hmm. It's still wreaking havoc in their lives now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's it's just that perfect doorway for something else just to jump on that bandwagon yeah. and help finish tearing you apart. Okay. So when they send the email to you, mm-hmm. you're going to review the information that's in there. And then there's options or they put in information for how they want and when they, they're available for you to contact them. And so then it's a conversation between the two of you yes. where you talk a little bit more. Okay. And then if they decide to um, to engage your services, then you'll talk to them about that at that time. And, and okay. Yes. Now, is this, this work that you do, um, do you always have to go to their their location or can you how does how does that work the work is done remotely and it follows the guidelines of solomon's magic and some of the current authors on that if if someone's interested in looking them up as lon milo duquette josephine mccarthy have written books regarding this subject Hmm. i do not have to go there personally i've taken cases that originate in germany Mm-hmm. Pakistan, Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest, Hawaii, all over the United States. I don't have to be there. The work can be done remotely, uh-huh. and it's safer that way. And okay. sometimes when you go into someone's home and something's or multiple entities are occupying that space, mm-hmm. you're in for a fight. Okay. And that's the cards aren't in my in my favor. Okay. I would sooner be safe. Uh huh. Yeah. And just take care of it as quickly as I can yeah. and as efficiently as I can so that way everybody can move on. Yeah. And, you know, if they're not paying to fly out and paying for hotel and everything else, that's a a more economical, uh, viable option for them. Certainly, because, I mean, if you get a case in Texas, mm-hmm. there's children that are involved that are being hurt, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which I've experienced, and you get a call Late in the evening, it's a mom and her her and her eight year old daughter watching television. Mm-hmm. Now something bit her daughter on the back. Yeah. Well, those aren't. They don't have any dogs. They don't have any cats, and those don't look like <laughs> human teeth because really big. Yeah. Well, now you have to drop whatever it is that you're doing uh-huh. and start working immediately for the child's benefit. Yeah. There's, um, and if you have to travel, that's all an interrupter or a delay. That, that's a huge delay. That's a that's a big problem. Yeah. Um, because I'm also a father. You yeah. Know, I have two kids and a household and a career. Yeah. So being able to do the work remotely is yeah. the best option, best option for everybody. Okay. 
Um, again, you all, this is author and metaphysical practitioner, exorcist, adept, uh, a, a list, a list of, of different um, skill sets, capabilities, and expertise that this gentleman has. Uh, he has published his first book called uh, They Devour in Silence. Uh, this is, what is the tagline? Ta um, <laughs> the tagline is Tales from an Exorcist in Chicago. Thank you very much. It's co-authored by Patricia K. Reyes. Yes, yes. Uh, quite the page turner, you guys. So um, if you have not already purchased this book, please go online at uh, Amazon.com to purchase it. Um, if you would like, you can also get there from my website, thehouseofdivina.com. Just click on the um, the bar that's right there at the top of, of the page, and Amazon can get it to you within a couple of days. Um, and if I can say something here. Yeah, please. For anyone that reads this work or, or simply just if they don't read it and they decide to move forward, if someone ever comes up to you and they have those different experiences that are, that are unexplainable, mm -hmm. be supportive. Help them find solutions. Don't just dismiss them. Yeah. And then that way they can get the help that they need. Yeah, absolutely. And and to your point, uh, for those of you who may, you know, run into people who are having these issues, I would not suggest that you try to self-diagnose and fix it yourself. Share share this work with them. Um, tell them about this book and let them read for themselves some of the stories. I'm, I'm sure that uh, people will be able to see themselves in the, the not the stories, but in the, the accountings uh, that Phil has shared in this, because this is a nonfiction um, work. These are not stories. These are his actual accounts from from different um, sessions, uh, hirings that he's uh, he's done, and there are a number of them that are listed in the book. Um, so, without giving away the book, uh, do you want to give us a little something about uh, one of the stories that's there? Well, I, 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 I will say this. On the front cover of the book, there is an image of a woman. Yeah. And when you see it, she's transparent because you can see the car behind her in the actual driveway. Yeah. That is the opening to another story mm -hmm. or experience, if you will, for the second book. Oh. That's going to be following this one. Yeah. Uh, there's already 14 stories that are begun to take an outline shape mm -hmm. to bring about. Mm -hmm. And whatever services you do employ, whether you go with a deliverance minister that's, that's non-Catholic, a Catholic priest, uh -huh. just make sure that they're not extorting you for extreme sums of money. Yeah, Their goal should be to help you. Mm-hmm. If there's travel expenses, they might ask you to share in that, and that's fair. But help help that person. Help yeah. them find those those different avenues. Yeah. And this entity that was caught in a photograph will be that story will be in in the in the next book. Yeah. Well, like I said, I read that first book um, 
you know, within 24 hours. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the um, additional accounts of your, your experiences um, over the years. So however many you put in the next one, I, I will definitely be reading that. Um, anything else that you want to tell us about the work? Well, you know what? I've got some questions. Okay, sure, please. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, one of the things that you you asked uh, someone who hired you was, did they recently purchase something or, or bring something to the house? Now, in your the litany of different things that you do, um, house cleanings or house blessings is one of the services that you offer. Sure. Um, talk to me about when it would be a good idea to get a house blessing. Do they need to do it because there's something happening or is this something that they can get maybe um, just because is it something that they should maybe do? Like for instance, uh, I bought a number of homes and every time I buy a house, I have to, well, I have hired somebody to come and do a home inspection. Um, If would you suggest that people also maybe, be open to doing a house blessing or a house cleansing or an inspection, an energy inspection before they buy? Like when is the best time to get a house blessing or energy cleaning? If you move into a a space, that would be the best time. That way the the space is entirely empty. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, yes, you're going to buy a property. You're not going to be able to go in there and start smoking it. Right. (laughs) Right. And, carrying incense and holy water right you're going to buy a, a property if you have bad vibes before you you're going to make that purchase don't do it okay wait yeah. if there's something wrong look at the the research the history of the property okay if there's been any kind of trauma there mm-hmm. murder mm-hmm. all those type of things you can you you can readily find that online okay I did work with a client who they had bought a really nice large home, mm-hmm. and they didn't realize that it was for juvenile transition, where okay. they were going from a detention center to before they go back home, or mm-hmm. they had a a lot of a litany of problems of substance abuse, physical violence, sexual abuse from home. So yeah. these were kids that were the, in the in between. And the the amount of spiritual activity in that house was, my only advice to them was to move. Wow. I wouldn't even begin to try to work that case. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, they, they, they didn't know what it was. But it's like, hey, this home was purchased five times in the last 10 or 12 years. Why is everybody staying just for one, one year? two years tops right really pay attention to what you feel honor your intuition and if you do move in and while it's empty make sure everything from other people's belongings are completely out yeah sometimes people move and they leave stuff in the basement and attic That's oh they been... have a habit of leaving things behind and then yeah. the next thing you know you've you have a problem yeah so anybody that's interested in doing any kind of banishings or clearings after a bad breakup just anything to to clear the air and the, yeah. to rid the home of negativity. It's mm-hmm. always welcoming, right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. To give you that fresh start. Mm-hmm. But yes, definitely research your property. 
-hmm. know what you're buying look look at the ownership <clears throat> it's not it's very easy now to go online and get a lot of in information about any given property okay right. to try to pr to protect yourself mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't hurt to have some holy water some frankincense in your own house yeah if you buy some antiques pass it through the smoke put some water on it say mm -hmm. some prayers if you're not christian make up your own prayers yeah mm -hmm. okay ask that divine white light to work over this object okay and whatever your spirituality or your religion is be it be yeah. strong yeah no because you don't want to be an easy target yeah for sure you want to be able to defend yourself and carry yourself through your daily life without incident i love that you're giving people tips on how on self-care how yeah. to empower themselves and how to um clear their own space and energy. Again, you guys, uh, he was on the podcast on season one episode, I believe it's eight, uh, spiritual spring cleaning, um, is, is what he was talking about there and take a listen to that episode. I'll come back to listen to this one. Um, another service or support that you offer your guests, uh, in addition to, exorcisms and um, energy cleanings and house blessings um, is uh, hypnosis and also past life regression. Mm -hmm. Do you have time to stay with us and talk to us about that? Sure. Okay. So thank you. Um, so what is hypnosis? What is um, past life regression? How are they different? So hypnosis is basically getting a client into a relaxed, comfortable state where the conscious mind that's always judging how you're comfortable in your seat, mm -hmm. if you're warm or if you're cold, if your lower back's starting to tinge you and they give you some issues from a prior, in, uh, prior injury, mm -hmm. your conscious mind is always taking all these things in. If you're starting to get hungry, what... Mm -hmm things you have lined up for the following day at mm -hmm. work, so on and so forth. Yeah. When you put somebody in a deep stage of relaxation mm -hmm. and give the conscious mind something else to do, you're able to access some of the deeper realms of the mind and the subconscious and sometimes even the unconscious, which is where great change can take place. Okay. Your mind is like dark, black, rich, fertile soil. Okay. If you put in their healthy seeds mm -hmm. that say you can start over again yeah. and you can work through this and, and healthy, positive information, mm -hmm. the mind takes that and it grows and it flourishes almost effortlessly. But if you fill it with negativity, that's about all that you can get out of it is more of the same. Okay. So in doing hypnosis, people, first of all, learn to relax and all hypnosis is self-hypnosis because they have to follow the instructions the really basic easy instructions that i give them okay. and if they can do that they're gonna have a successful great quality session okay if they can't mm -hmm. well they need to learn to be more open mm -hmm. and they have to be more trusting mm -hmm. and they have to learn simply to let go okay. and some people from the different predicaments and situations that their life has brought to them or that they've endured, mm -hmm. they're simply not ready to, to do that. And that's okay. Yeah. Because sometimes you might need some counseling to work through some other things before you can really 
open up. Okay. Your mind in a hypnosis session is like a steel trap. It's what wakes you up in the middle of the night when you're sound asleep from the whiff of the potential of there being smoke in your house. Okay. Your subconscious mind will always protect you. Okay. So therefore, anything that you don't want me to know or another practicing hypnotist, you will not divulge your secrets. You will not embarrass yourself. Mm -hmm. Those are things that are way outside the spectrum of what we're looking to accomplish, first and foremost, and it's unethical, to say the least. Mm -hmm. And second of all, your subconscious mind steps in and says, "Uh uh-uh, we're not going to go there. That's not what we're here for. So hypnosis is very, it's very relaxed, comfortable change in the direction that you want to go. Whether it's to quit smoking or to lose weight or to sleep better at night, how to turn off that constant churning of the mind that's always going. And it's, it's beautiful. Okay. Uh, People even have hypnosis services for surgery without anesthesia. Really? If they cannot have the anesthesia, it makes them sick or would put them at a higher risk. Uh Hypnotists have and are being hired Mm -hmm. to sit behind the veiled curtain and simply talk them through the entire session. Wow. This is also done at uh, Shriners Children's Hospital. This is a proven thing that is true. Wow. The mind, if you can get access to the mind, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different things that are available to us that we're just beginning to really explore. Past life regression is one of those things where we, again, we put the conscious mind in the back seat, the judgmental part of our uh, brain, Mm -hmm. and we start unlayering. And you can use even what this term is a calendar regression method where we'll say, all right, Tony, where were you at in 2020 on the 4th of July? We go back three years. Any kind of memory in that time frame will do. Mm -hmm. Let you feel all those different sensations, where you're at, who you're with, what were you doing. Mm -hmm. Okay, now we can go back five years. Mm -hmm. What were you doing when you were this age for this birthday? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And we go all the way back down your earliest memory. We go leaps and bounds five and ten years at a time, so it doesn't take too long. Right. But we need to be patient at the same time and let them get the client get the full experience and take it all in. Okay. All the way back to their earliest memory. Mm-hmm. And then from that point, we can transition you to cross over the veil. Okay. To what your experiences were before this physical incarnation. Okay. So when you're doing the past life regression, Mm -hmm. um, since you're able to do like a calendar countdown or calendar regression. That's, that's one of the methods. Just one of the methods. Mm -hmm. Um, but that would be for current lifetime. How, um, is it possible for someone to choose a particular life time? What comes to mind is there's a there was a TV show on Lifetime Movie Network, I think, uh, LMN, if you're looking on YouTube, you guys, um, that talked about past life regressions. There was a gentleman who did past life regressions. I don't know if that's even still on TV. But um, 
yeah, so he used to do these past life regressions and because um, people were having issues or whatever. And so they were able to go back to a specific time frame in order to reveal and address and release whatever they were going through. Now, it's TV. So with TV, obviously, uh, there's a bunch of editing going on, and we don't know how long those sessions were and how many times they had to come back. But is there a way to uh, maybe get people to go back to a particular time frame? If somebody says, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going through this, and I'm you know, I want to go back to find out where this is coming from. Or can somebody just say, hey, I'm curious if I've even had a past life and, and how does, and I just want to go back if that's the case. Can you choose yes. when and you can you determine if people have had past lives? Yes. Yes, to both of them. To both of them, sure. Okay. So it would be extremely profound to come across somebody that has not had a past life. If this was their first incarnation, really? that would be a first experience. Really? Because usually in the intake for the past life regression, you see why people are interested in doing this first. Mm -hmm. And to make sure that they are sound mm -hmm. minded. Uh -huh. Because once you open the door, you're not sure what's on the other side. Right. Were you a man, a woman? Were you an abusive person? Mm -hmm. All those the full spectrum is available to what's there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so our mind is like, best analogy I can think of right now, is almost like a, a radio station. We can tune into different channels. Okay. Whether it's new, modern, old classics, mm -hmm. alternative music. Yeah. AM radio, right? Right. We have all these different abilities and say, okay, you want to go back to this point in time to where this underlying action that you do now where does this come from why do you feel that way mm -hmm. and okay you find out this is related to a memory from before mm -hmm. now we can when we transition you we mm -hmm. can look for that specific spot okay the person that's under hypnosis in the session is talking to me like you are now okay and they are able to explain the landscape Mm -hmm. how their body is, what type it is, mm -hmm. their ethnicity, race. Some people speak in different languages. And at that point, it's since it's all being recorded, then that has to be gone through to get the full benefit from that actual session. Wow. So there's a lot of different possibilities that are there. Mm -hmm. And it's really exciting. It's really exciting to experience that with somebody and share in that. Yeah, I imagine it would be. Because I, when I first had my past life re regression done, mm -hmm. I thought to myself, I have to be crazy to pay this person three hundred dollars mm -hmm. because the session was about three and a half hours mm. for this past life regression. I'm just giving it a way that, but that was all this internal fear, yeah, coming out in a different way. This was many years ago. And once I had that experience, and I'm like, wow, this is real. This, this is not only a possibility, but now I'm voicing all these different experiences. I was no longer fearful of death. I was no longer had the anxiety 
that you have to figure it all out in this incarnation, in this lifetime. You have to get all these things done to be successful mm-hmm. at this stage, this stage. And it's like, no, that's a whole lot of nonsense. And it's a, it's a pressure that we somehow accept from society, right? Okay. It just kind of slowly happens. Okay. We're like, all right, I'm 30. I should have already been in a married relationship. I mm-hmm. should already have a single family home. Yeah. My career should be established. I should be retired at 60. Yeah. And it's nonsense. Okay. That's not how life works. That's not how this experience works. It does not fit in a perfect box. Yeah. There's so much more to it than that. I have so many questions, so (laughs) many questions. Um, But you spoke to one of them, which is what's the time frame of a session for either hypnosis or, um, or for a past life regression? And how does someone know whether or not the service of a hypnosis with you or a past life regression is the better or more accurate session or service that they need in order to accomplish the goal? That's a great question. There are some clients that come forward that that's all they want is past life regression. Okay. And it's like, all right, you've never been hypnotized before. You're not sure what's on the other side of the door. Now I just have to see and understand what the motivating factor of this is and where it comes from. Okay. Because I don't want someone's disruptions to arise in this lifetime uh-huh. and just be wide open. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced that before, where you get someone who's like, no, I just want this. And it's like, all right, you're not sure what's there exactly. We need to take this slower, mm-hmm. or maybe I'm not the right practitioner for you. Okay. And some people are, are strong-minded. They want the wow factor, right? Oh, yeah. And just like with the whole ghost thing, yeah. they, they want they want to see it. They want to experience it. They want to know what that's like. And then it's like, oh, damn, I just experienced that, and now I'm terrified, I'm frightened, and I can't sleep, and this is yeah. more than what I bargained for, which yeah. which can be typical. Yeah. Let's be careful what you ask for, and that's why there's a screening to judge where they're at in space and time, if I'm the right practitioner for you, right. for what their experiences that they're looking to validate through this process. Yeah. Uh, you said something that was very key. Sometimes you're not the right practitioner for people. I know I've I've said that on this uh, this podcast before. I'm not everybody's tarot card reader mm. uh, for a number of reasons, and I think um, any ethical uh, practitioner understands that they know their. I don't want to say boundaries, but they know um, the type of person or scenario that they can be most effective in. Um, and ones where there's an opportunity to uh, support another practitioner by transferring or referring that client. Um, yeah, because this is not entertainment. No, it is not entertainment. Um, the, the number of times that people have contacted you, they've gone on a ghost tour, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden these things are happening. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, that's how you feel about it, but that's not what's happening. Right. You're over active, active imagination. Uh-huh. has kicked into overdrive. Oh, yeah. And then sometimes there is. Yeah. It's like, oh, you went there and you got what you were looking for, and yeah. now you don't want it anymore. Yeah. But it's not that simple. No. no Especially when you have children involved. Oh. And now, it's a, now we have to really work quickly, efficiently, mm-hmm. 
and move past it. And the same thing with past life re regression. Mm -hmm. Some of these different things that come up, you have to be strong enough to handle them and to put them in the correct context as to where you are now yeah. and work through that. Mm -hmm. If you're not, I can walk you through any number of scenarios that you want, but if you're not ready for that, mm -hmm. it's going to create a problem. And it's, it can be irresponsible and yeah. dangerous. Yeah. So that's why I screen people really hard. Yeah. It's super important because I might not be the right practitioner for you. You might go down the road and find somebody else or in a different town, and that's fine, mm -hmm. who may not see any problem with it. Yeah. Well, down the road and find another practitioner. That's, uh, well, you are quite exclusive in what you do. I have been in the metaphysical community for some time and I've never met an exorcist. Um, you are the very first person that I've ever met who did that. Uh, and it wasn't until I met you that I thought uh, that I learned that, um, it wasn't just priests and, uh, Haitian voodoo priests who do, um, exorcisms. I no, they have deliverance ministers that are yeah. Protestant or mm -hmm. there's all different types of, there's shamans from yeah. the native American culture, from mm -hmm. the South American culture. Mm-hmm. And they do some phenomenal work. Yeah. I've witnessed it firsthand. It's, it is a wow factor, and you're like, wow. I've never seen it firsthand, thankfully. Um, I I did go to the Christian church for a while. Mm -hmm. um, it may be a surprise to some of you, but I uh, originally, well, I was not originally religious, but in my spiritual journey, um where I landed was the Pentecostal Apostolic Church of God in Christ. They call it Kojic. Wow. Yeah, I know, I know. So yeah, Pentecostal Apostolic Church of God in Christ was uh, where I was for a number of years. And I was a Sunday school teacher um, and a deaconess for a number of years. Uh, I served as a secretary at the churches and um, I did a number of things. And so I'd seen people come to church and uh, they have this thing called laying on of hands hmm. where um, someone would lay, you know, place their hands on someone's head and um, when they're at the altar. But I've never seen anything like what you what's in the book, uh, the uh, they devour in silence. I've never seen anything like that out of the Christian church. So I did not know that that was even a thing. So the idea of somebody just going down the street and finding another practitioner, that's that's highly unlikely. And if they they do find somebody um, that would be that would be an interesting <laughs> paradox. <laughs> Because I've I've had I've had people before that are very frustrated, mm -hmm. and their expectations are completely mm -hmm. and wildly unrealistic. Yeah, and they said, "Well, do you know anybody else that I can <laughs> I can work with?" And, no, we're just, we're not listed in the yellow pages. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's um, I recently did a podcast where I talked about um, these irresponsible people who provide readings and stuff um and it is fair season right we're it's today we're recording this on may 1st so it is may day it's beltane and so in the midwest it is the season of fairs and festivals and they kick hmm. off right and so everybody has a side hustle um 
and they're they're looking for the big payoff where people are charging you know sixty five dollars for fifteen minutes to do a two card tarot card reading, oh. or um, I've had people you know say they paid somebody nine hundred dollars to uh, remove a curse or something like that. So uh, people just just be mindful, be wise. I'm not saying that there is no cost associated to the work that. Um, true practitioners do. Phil just shared with you all that there is a physical risk that he takes on uh, when he visits a house, but there's still, which is, it's more likely that he'll be attacked physically in a physical setting. Um, But just because he's not in a physical setting, as soon as he's, you're contacting him, he automatically becomes a target. And that target on his back um, or even on his chest, uh, you know, is is there uh, from the moment that you reach out and contact him. And so not only are you paying for his um, decades of expertise, but it's also, like he said, this is not, it's, it's to reconcile. It's, it's your, it's your energy saying that you're serious about this, but it also in the event that he has to fight with something um, and it winds up like this, like that one time, you know, putting you in a state where your sternum is damaged and you've got to go to a chiropractor for 17 visits or whatever to, to write yourself. And you're, I mean, that's not a worker's comp claim, you no, know, I've, I've been slapped and bruised and everything else yeah. you can think of in yeah. between. Yeah. And on a different note, when I talked about how clients with unrealistic expectations, I did have this happen before where. The, I was working with a, a gentleman and trying to get rid of the afflictions that he had. And he was like, I, I don't want them to go. Oh, what? He said, I don't want them to go. Because they showed him different things that were in their abilities. His ability to see some things into the future. His ability to, re, to resort to things in the past. His ability to see from their perspective aspects of reality mm. became very enticing for him, and he felt very empowered. Okay. And then he said, I don't... He we, changed his mind. He changed his mind. Okay. And I said, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. I respect that, but you also have to respect the fact that I will no longer, if you reach out to me in the future, we're all done. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's, at it's, that point, the question is, who's reaching out? Sure. Is it a setup? You don't you don't know, especially when you've been attacked. So um, what you just said brings up another point, because with people listening to this podcast, thank you, everybody all over the world. I'm going to have to you know what I'm thinking of doing, learning how to say thank you in all those languages when I look (laughs) here. And so thank you for listening. But um, whether somebody's listening now or they listen in the future, people who are skeptical of abilities um, and and not not so much skeptical of abilities, but skeptical about where they may be coming from. You mentioned that um, his attachment had given him the abilities to see things. Psychism or the ability to be psychic. Uh, can you speak to or, or to do any number of things? Um, can you speak to that as an ability where it comes from um i already have the answer to this but i want you to you to speak to it a little bit um being able to see 
uh, things in the future, tell the future? Where where does that come from? Is it is it just um, attachments that give you that ability, or does it come from other places? That's a really great question. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure. Okay. All right. Because sometimes when you can be calm and clear and be centered and be focused, all those other barriers drop mm-hmm. away and somebody asks you, what cards am I going to pull out of the deck? And mm-hmm. the nine of diamonds pops out. That's it true. pops into your mind mm-hmm. immediately. And then it, it that's the first card they pulled. And you're like, wow, okay, that was... Was one out of fifty-two, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you try it again, and you get something very close to it, yeah. a success rate again. And you're like, all right, where's this coming from? Yeah, how are you able to discern mm-hmm. where? And it's like it's, it's almost like you tap into that that the that divine conscious, right? Mm-hmm. And you might be able to pick some of those things out mm-hmm. for a few moments. Mm-hmm. Some people can do it very consistently. And those, that is the same lens that these different entities can see through. Yeah. And be in that moment and be mm-hmm. like, gotcha. And then someone's like, wow, I feel empowered by this. This mm-hmm. makes me feel strong and, you know, just on top of the world at this point to be able right. to see and experience these different things. Yeah. And they're like, sure, I'll show you some different. I'll show you. I'll show you some really interesting things, but I'm gonna continue to drain you, yeah, and corrupt your body and, yeah, and really damage you. Yeah. And so the fact that he that he, <laughs> that he went that route was just, it's still mind-boggling. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of it, right? You you ans- you did answer the question by saying that it's based on energy. Um, mm-hmm. In order to even connect with those attachments it's about energy vibration which level of energy vibration are you're on and the lie that they tell you is that they're giving you the ability to see and do the truth of the matter is is that you could see and do anyway even without their support because it's about energetic vibration and what you know being open to it and you don't necessarily need the energy of something negative to to give you that ability um it's unfortunate that he chose to do that uh while he may not see that now i'm sure you've had some cases where where that's um, all of a sudden they don't want to see anymore okay and it's not like a simple light switch it's not a simple fix yeah now they're seeing that someone that they love or in their family, whether it's their mom or it's their cousin or their aunt. Mm-hmm. And they can see that they're sick and that their their physical life's about to expire. Yeah. And that's very traumatic because it's someone that you love and yeah. that all of a sudden it's like, wow, they're they're not long for this earth and you try to tiptoe around the fact they might want to start doing some things that they've always wanted to do. Yeah. And more often than not, they do not want to hear it. They do not want to accept it. Mm-hmm. Or a cousin or a child, worse yet, and you yeah. see that their time is up, mm-hmm. how difficult those conversations would be. People would be very ag- angry, to say the least, that you're bringing that up to them, yeah. that you're making them aware of merely the potential yeah. that this is about to become a reality. Mm-hmm. 
and all of a sudden you don't want it anymore. Right. You don't want to do this. You right. don't want to see what's on the other side. Yeah. But it's too late. Yeah. And it's not as simple as turning off a light switch. Yeah. So, well, the thing that comes to my mind when you say that is um, the challenge that we as humans have with the concept of uh, mortality um, and the the fear that surrounds that. Uh, what do you perceive to be the biggest barrier for people who are having challenges? Um, what do you think is their biggest barrier uh, when coming to see somebody like you, to getting the help for either needing an exorcism or um, coming in for hypnosis or past life regression. I know you mentioned the first time you went in for past life regression, you're like, I can't believe I'm spending this money. Um, but then you also mentioned that you found out that that was like um, your conscious mind kind of coming up and protecting or you want to talk about that a little bit? Coming to terms with those fears that we all have about what this experience really is. Okay. Um, and by this experience, you mean the lives that we're living right the now? The lives that, in this human that we're living right now. Mm -hmm. For people that come seeking my services, your services, mm -hmm. know what you want. Yeah. So many times you get people that come in and they want, quote unquote, a general reading. It's yeah. like, all right, if you want to test me, we'll, we'll, we're going to play the game. You're paying me by the hour. And you can not waste 20, 30 minutes of the session. Yeah. And then it's like, well, why are you crying? And then it's like, okay, these are some <laughs> of the things that are uncovered. And now you're having to come to terms with them in a very uncomfortable way. Right. Know what you want. Be upfront about it mm -hmm. and be strong enough to work through whatever it is that it is that you are looking for and that you do want. Everybody wants a winning lottery ticket until they have it. Interesting. Now you have all these resources, but also with that comes the anxiety and the paranoia of everybody trying to get it from you. Yeah. And take it from you and betray you. Mm -hmm. and when you've get, won the lottery. Yeah, and yeah. sure. And when they've gotten close, close mm -hmm. to you and you're looking to get married. Mm -hmm. And now all these people are trying to find a way to get themselves into your life and mm -hmm. take something from you, right? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you're like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And it never really is, is it? Yeah. It, yeah. There's a big learning experience that comes with everything. Yeah. Be careful what you ask for. Yeah. And make sure that you're grounded enough to handle those responsibilities once that information becomes revealed to you. Yeah. Whether it's through hypnosis, mm -hmm. geomancy, tarot, spiritual cleansing, mm -hmm. um, those different things. Yeah. So then you're saying that the biggest barrier that people face when they're considering coming to see you as a practitioner sometimes can be in their mindset. They think that they want to know an answer um, if it's for hypnosis or past life regression. But then they get the answers, and then they're not prepared to deal with the information that came through. Right. They're not ready to harvest that, that, that wisdom from that session. Okay. 
because we'd all like to think that all of our past lives have been um, very positive. And simply, there's people out there that have experienced different criminal elements, mm-hmm. or being a soldier, being in war, mm-hmm. and then they're so conflicted internally about what they've just come to know mm-hmm. that they're ill-prepared for it. Yeah, you know, I was, um, James Von Prague, he's uh, the creator of the Mediumship Deck. He was mentioning on his, I think his, he's got a YouTube channel called Soul Care, and speaking to past life regression. And he was saying that he's always been a male in every past life regression that has come through. And he's always been um, in the military. And he said that um, in each of those lifetimes, he had been responsible for uh, taking lives. And so in this particular life, his responsibility was to heal. And so speaking to what you just said, you know, people wanting to come in and get past life regressions and um, hoping or thinking or wanting to believe that everything is going to be kind and precious and rosy and, you know, rainbows and unicorns, you know, and there it's not rainbows and unicorns in our current life. I don't know why we would, no, it, we would no. think that, but um, yeah, you, you go back, you find out, Hey, I've been responsible for this and this war or, or you know, some other horrendous thing or, and it could be anything, you know, and, and how are you here to, to fix that? How are you here to heal yourself and heal your soul and heal, heal the, the energy vibration that came here to learn and understand through that, that experience, but is now uh, created or generated karma. And now you have to play that out in this life and, it, and get it together. It's not possible for it all to be love and light. Yeah. So even through these greatest challenges, that's how they pose themselves through these traumatic experiences that we have to endure whether we're on the receiving or the giving end yeah yeah so be prepared be honest and if you're not simply say so yeah and we won't go through those difficult topics or yeah. broach them or worse yet seek them out yeah so uh, that brings up another point so you can do a hypnosis session and a past life regression session and then you can uh, ask your higher self or um, your subconscious to take you back to a time where things were um, more positive and see what you can glean from that experience uh, and only to go back to something that you can handle. Certainly. Okay. So sometimes even in families you have, let's say for instance, you have grandparents that they pass, you're close to, they pass away on your on your birthday Mm. and or you see how certain people's roles change in different lives Mm. they're your grandparent in this life they may have been your cousin in the previous life Mm. they may have been your lover your wife in a a different way and how these souls stick together okay sometimes in their in their journey you're like yeah sure let's let's try this out and, and let's work this out and take that venture so past life regression can help you understand relationships well it can help you understand a lot as far as you're willing to go interesting but you have to again you have to be prepared for it you have to be balanced you have Mm -hmm. to be ready for it Mm -hmm. and do the work and if it's if it's if it's overwhelming Mm -hmm. 
and you can't perceive how or why these things are possible, mm -hmm. then you're not ready to, to work through it okay. to really understand what this means. So would it be fair then to say that uh, the client that is right for you would be somebody who is ready to make change in their life? Yes. Okay. Somebody who's serious about and ready to make some who's change Who's open in their and life. honest, not only with, with me or mm -hmm. you as, as a fellow practitioner, practitioner but with ultimately with themselves yeah that's the most important thing yeah for sure okay well i appreciate you for uh hanging out with us here on conversations with a card reader and those of us here at the house of divina uh, again we have author exorcist uh one of the most sought after energy cleansers uh past life regressionist hypnotist geomancer all-around metaphysical practitioner, uh, Phil Mendoza, who's here with us today. He is the author of They Devour in Silence, new book out on Amazon. You can go to amazon.com to purchase the book. Uh, if you're having issues with um, accessing it from another country, you can certainly go to my website, thehouseofdivina.com, and click on the bar at the very top. Otherwise, you can just go to the um, that same website, do the drop down, and go to Phil's page. You can see information about him. You can contact him from that link. Uh, again, um, gives you the opportunity to also purchase the book from that link and. Uh, hurry up you guys go ahead and get the book for those of you who have purchased the book please make sure that you leave a review um has something to do with the algorithm if you um the more they know that people are, are purchasing and and having a good experience they'll definitely share that on amazon right now that's the only place that you can leave a review um Phil is also on Instagram, so if you uh, do a hashtag there, you can you can certainly find him. Um, I won't give the the uh, screen name right now because sometimes those change. But if you do a a search uh, for Phil Mendoza, uh, he is sure to come up. I know I've been hashtagging him. Uh, you can find him on my Instagram channel as well, which is the House of Divina. Um, before we wrap up and get out of here, is there anything that you want to share with the guests of Conversation with a Card Reader uh, and those of us here at the House of Divina? Any oh, parting words? I want to thank you all for your time and consideration. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and granting me this opportunity. Thank you all. Absolutely. Happy Beltane. Thank you so much. Uh, and for those of you who um, are new to this channel, my name's Tony. I'm a tarot card reader and the owner of the House of Divina, which is a intimate little um, tarot house here in the uh, state of Illinois. Uh, if you're new to this podcast or if you are returning, I invite you to subscribe, please, to the podcast. Uh, download it and share it with others. Make sure that you're listening uh, to the podcast episodes air every Monday morning at six o'clock in the morning, uh, Central Standard Time. Also, I encourage you and invite you to join the community on the website, thehouseofdivina.com. You can do that under the podcast page. Just enter in your email address to sign up. Uh, and then as different events happen, I'll be sure to, um, to reach out and let you know about that. Uh, also, it is fair season, so I'm going to be out and about. I do have uh, store hours here 
on Friday nights from 6 to 9 and Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., but that's by appointment only, and that gives me the flexibility to be kind of out and about and reaching out and talking to you all. Uh, I'm looking at doing some recordings of conversations with a card reader while I'm out and about, so you so you guys, I can... Um, talk with you all live and, and we can do a live podcast. So that's so certainly going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and again, go to amazon.com to buy this book. Uh, they Devour in Silence. It is the newest book by this author, uh, Phil Mendoza. And thank you all for joining me here on Conversations with a Card Reader. Until next time, you guys have a great night. Thank you so much for coming over to my house. If you enjoyed this episode of Conversations with a Card Reader, please subscribe and download the podcast so you're notified when the next episode airs. You can find me on all social media as The House of Davina. Oh, and next time, bring a friend who needs a friend.